Today, I go through seven areas of life that are worth evaluating on a regular basis if you are serious about consistent spiritual growth. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. We all need to spend some time prayerfully considering how we're doing at following Jesus. We all struggle, and we all fail. But we can also all keep getting up and relying on God to lead us and to finish His work of sanctification. God does His part. Are you willing to do your part? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm often a little bit overwhelmed by the great need for change that I see in my own life. It seems that I take a few baby steps only to find myself right back where I started. Is that, is that the case with you? The great news is God works, works in our life. Uh, he doesn't depend on us to be perfect. His work doesn't depend on our ability to be perfectly obedient or successful in everything that we do. He's more than capable of working in our mistakes, which is one of the things that I find incredibly uh, encouraging and hopeful as I think about my life and the struggles that I often have just in being basically consistent. I am not consistent. <laughs> that, that kind of is the problem. So we can understand that all of this work of reconciliation, the, the work of salvation, the work of sanctification. So all these are, are big words, but they just mean our relationship with God is dependent upon God, not upon us. Our relationship with other people really is more dependent upon God and His work in us and through us than it is on uh the other person even, and our spiritual growth, our change over time is much more dependent upon God's work in our life than it is upon us. Now, the thing is, I, I really focus on this show on our responsibility, our response to the fact that God loves us and is calling us to something more. So I understand and I have to make it clear because some people feel like I maybe emphasize too much our own part in it. But I understand it's God's work completely start to finish. Having said that, we should desire that growth and we should be pursuing Jesus with all of our energy. And I really feel like as I read Paul's letters that he puts in a lot of this. There's always this almost a paradox between God's work and then our response to God's work in our life. So 1 Timothy 4.15, I think, is a good example, and it's really the only verse we'll look at here to get started. Paul says, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. So in the context there, he's instructing Timothy about how to be a pastor, a leader. He's giving him instruction about how to lead God's church. And we understand that God is the one who does the work in each one of us. God is the one that does the work individually and collectively. At the same time, there's this expectation that we do something. You know, we're, we're humans. We live. We take action. That's part of how we're made. Now, I think a lot of even our creativity is something I talk about every once in a while. That's part of being made in the image of God, desiring 
to be active, to do things, is part of being made in the image of God. God is creative, and God acts. He has a will, and He achieves things. He accomplishes things. He, he does things. And I think we're made in His image, so we desire those, those same things. The problem is we desire to act in the wrong way. We desire to pursue the wrong things because sin has tainted that original relationship with God and the work that we were created for. So when man was given responsibility in the garden, he had a role. He had work to do. He had actions that he was expected to take. But we often pursue our own goals and our own actions and just disregard what God is doing. So when it comes to our spiritual life then, we have to understand that, yes, absolutely, God is the one who does the work. Start to finish, it is His work in our lives. He knows what He's accomplishing. He knows how He's going to accomplish. Uh, He has the timing down. He allows trials to come into your life. We've talked some about trials uh, recently, even as I've been in different churches thinking about this idea that trials that come into our life have a purpose. They are tools that God uses in His work of sanctification. You know, sometimes we have rough edges that need that difficult trial to draw our attention back to God. So God uses all of those things very intentionally, very specifically. We understand that. So how do we respond? Well, I want to be intentional in joining God in the work that He's doing. And I know some of the tools that He uses, some of the things that He uses in my life are in my my ability to apply some intentional effort to. So we're going to look at some of those today. I'll start and just give a quick overview of seven different areas we're going to look at. The first one is our prayer life. Uh, and we've talked about that a lot. Our prayer life is really important. We'll come back to that in a second. The second one is our time in God's Word, our Bible time. Whether you call it Bible reading, Bible study, there's lots of different ways you can do that. We'll talk about that a little bit. But time in God's Word is the second one. The third one is outreach. You might call it evangelism, part of being intentionally engaged in God's mission. So that's the third one. The fourth one, discipleship of believers. This is living out our gifts in the building up of God's church. He's given us all a role to play. That's the fourth one. The fifth one, time management. I I put this one here when I first came up with this evaluation because so much of us are busy, uh, so many of us are busy so often, it really feels like if we manage our time poorly, we really manage God out of our life and we, we take away all the opportunities for God to work in us. So time management uh, is important. The next one, exercise. And I'll get to why this one is so important in a little bit, but I think exercise is one of those stewardship issues that we have to take seriously. And then the last one is kind of a general overall personal spiritual growth, and it's all the details that maybe we haven't mentioned in these. And you might find that there's some other specific ones you would want to add, and that's great. But this is a rough outline of the kind of evaluation that I've encouraged our church to do regularly. Officially, we try to do it corporately about twice a year where we're maybe handing out an evaluation and saying, hey, spend some time this week and go over this and talk to someone else in the church about it. Uh, Be intentional about making efforts to grow. So 
These are the seven areas we're going to look at. Prayer life, Bible time, outreach, discipleship of believers, time management, exercise, and then your personal spiritual growth, kind of as a summary catch-all at the end. So first, let's ask the question, why are these things worth evaluating? Why should we be evaluating our life? And probably have already touched on this, and you can see that, because God does give us an opportunity to be involved, because He does give us uh, things that we can do that do have an effect on our spiritual life. If we have any kind of stewardship in any area, then we have the ability to evaluate that. And most of these come down to that idea of stewardship. And that maybe is the underlying theme in all of these. Am I a good steward? Am I a poor steward? Am I going to be rewarded for my stewardship? Or am I going to lose rewards because I was a poor steward? Now, that doesn't take away uh, my spiritual life. It doesn't take away the fact that God is going to complete His work ultimately in the end. But as a steward, I have the the ability to impact my spiritual life, even if it's only minimally. So I think it's important to evaluate because you are a a being created in the image of God and you're created with the ability to make decisions, intentional decisions that do impact the world around you, other people and yourself and your relationship with God. So I've, really strongly believe we should be intentional in those. We should look at and evaluate our decisions and consider how this helps me become more like Christ. Can I make a decision that is going to positively impact my spiritual life? Or is there a decision that if I make this choice, it's going to make my spiritual life more difficult? I don't want to make those. Hopefully you get the idea. It's worth evaluating our decisions and really Stewardship of our decisions is how these work. So let's go and get started with the first one. Prayer life. I think this is, uh, prayer is important as we learn to rely on God in everything. You know, we are, as, as humans, we're quick to try our own way. We're quick to do our own thing. We often try to accomplish things ourselves, And then when we muck everything up, then we try to turn to God. <laughs> but... God invites us to turn to Him first. Really, we have the opportunity to bathe everything in prayer, to recognize that I really, if, if I succeed wildly in everything that I do in my own power, I really don't have a lot of, of ability to succeed. Very, I don't have a, a lot of ability to do very much because my, my knowledge, my strength, my wisdom, everything is limited. I have limited ability to affect my spiritual life. Prayer is one of those things that is recognizing this truth that God is the one who works in me. God is the one who works through me. God has a plan. This world is His. He is sovereign in control. He is doing things. And I want to be part of that. I want to be intentionally relying on God in everything that I do. So instead of being quick to try my own way, I want to intentionally invite God into my life. So we understand that prayer life is super important. So we think about this concept of evaluating it. What exactly are we evaluating? One thing we're evaluating is how much time 
that we spend in prayer. And it's not that there's a magic amount of time. You know, it's not that you you have to spend three hours a day in prayer. It's not that uh, you have to spend 20 minutes in prayer. There's not a time constraint or a time requirement, but we do want to evaluate where we are, what God's doing in our life, and how much time am I spending in prayer? Not just the minutes, but the quality. It's easy to spend 30 minutes and say, well, this was my prayer time, but to spend 25 of those minutes thinking about other things. So you might be able to put down that I I devoted 25 or 30 minutes to prayer time, but realistically, you didn't pray for very long. So part of the evaluation is, is evaluating the time. Am I giving God enough time really to have that good conversation? And am I using it? It's one thing to block off the time, to be a good steward of your time. We get to time management later. And having that time, it's another to make sure that we actually are mentally and spiritually, physically prepared for using that time well. So that's part of what we're evaluating, using the time, using the time well. But also, we're evaluating what we're praying about. You know, you have the opportunity to pray about everything, and we should. But there are clearly things, as we look at God's Word, that He invites us really specifically to pray more about that are really important. Uh, Jesus told the disciples, you know, pray the Lord of the harvest, that He had sent forth more laborers. So are we doing that? You know, that's one of those things that that shouldn't be super complicated. I mean, specifically, the Bible says, pray for this. So are we doing that? Um, Are we praying for other believers in their spiritual growth? Are we praying... Uh, for the lost, you know, that's, and this is part of our showing our heart. You know, I, I think the best thing to pray for the lost is to pray for the workers because they're the ones who are going to take the message. But it, part of praying for that lost person herself is developing that burden for them. Maybe we recognize that I'm the one who's in the best place to take the gospel to them. So uh, we actually do that, prepare to do that, pray to do that. So prayer is part of this process of learning what it means uh, to live with God, to live sensitive to God's leading. You know, are we praying for our church? You know, we have a, a church family that is filled with people like us who are distracted, who are busy, who have lots of things that continually get in the way. And part of showing that we care is praying for them, not just praying that uh, they're healthy, that they do well, but praying that they grow, uh, praying that their relationship with God is what it can be, praying that they're using their gifts because as other believers use their gifts, I benefit as I have opportunity to grow. We have conversations with other believers and they're challenging me to be the person God wants me to be. I think that's important. So I'm evaluating my prayer life and how am I doing in all these different ways. And one way that we can evaluate, which is maybe a little trickier to think about as an individual, but corporately, how are we doing as a church? You know, are we spending the time praying for each other? Are we really lifting each other up, encouraging each other, really desiring to be uh, a, a community of prayers? I think that's important. So and you can see there's lots of ways you can evaluate your prayer life and should consider as you evaluate, not just how you're doing, but how could you do better? 
You know, what would be something that you could change that would improve your prayer life? Maybe it's using a prayer sheet. You know, the, our church gives out a prayer sheet every week, and you have an opportunity to catch up on prayer requests from others, to see people uh, who are being reached out to, the different um, outreach-based prayer requests. Um, you see even requests from other churches and how they're doing and how you can pray for them, for the missionaries. So you have all these different things on that prayer sheet. That can be a valuable way of incorporating intentional prayer into your prayer life. Or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you spend too much time and go strictly down the list and you're, you're not really free just to talk to God. You know, I really feel like the best prayer is, is kind of a balance. We have things we want to pray for. Maybe someone asked you to pray for them. You said, I'm going to pray for you. You need to write that down so you don't forget it. There is a place for a list, but there's also a place for this ongoing conversation with God where God brings things to your mind and you're able to talk to Him about your life and what's going on. So how are you doing at, about with getting away from your list and really praying through your life? So maybe you'll benefit from setting a time, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes to pray over your list, and then setting some time where you don't have the list, but you're free just to talk to God. I think there's a lot of value there. This is part of evaluating your prayer life. How can you do better? Now, the next one's Bible time. Well, we understand God's Word is the foundation for our life. How do you know who God is? You know from His Word. How do you learn how to live? We learn from His Word. How is your worldview shaped? How is your mind changed? How is your mind renewed? From time in God's Word. God's Word is powerful. God's Word changes us. God's Word changes our thinking. God's Word changes our heart. So we understand the value of our Bible time, but then how do we evaluate it? Well, very similar to prayer life, how much time do we give it? I think... Ultimately, for all of these on this list, as we evaluate time, busyness is one of the hindrances in the world that we live in today. Most of us are overcommitted most of the time to things that are not God. How much time am I giving to God's Word? If you recognize that you're not growing, that your, your spiritual life is stagnant, I would say these first two are, are two things that often are at the root. We don't have the time in prayer and the time in God's Word. As we look at God's Word and evaluate, not just am I reading it, but am I spending the time to prayerfully think about it? You know, part of our prayer time, our Bible time, is not just reading the Word, but meditating on it, that chewing on it, really considering what is God saying here and how am I supposed to live because this is in God's Word? What do I learn about God in this passage? What, I, what do I learn about man or about sin? How am I supposed to live because God's Word is true and He's instructing me in what it means to be His follower? He's teaching me who He is. He's teaching me what the world's like. He's teaching me what my own heart is like. How am I doing at meditatively thinking through, using the logic that God gave me to understand and make changes in my own life. You know, my, my worldview is changed by spending time in God's Word. So when you evaluate how you're doing your Bible time, one of the things is the amount of time, but two is the quality. 
It's kind of like a prayer. You'll see a theme here, <laughs> the quality of, of this time. Are we really, you know, we have a plan, we're looking at God's Word, and we're, we're spending the time not just in reading but in meditating on it. Are you doing it with a notebook? You know, I think it's valuable to keep some kind of journal where you write down the questions that you have, the answers that you, you come up with, all of these things. Uh, as you read, you should be coming away with areas where you need to change, with things that you need to think about differently. You should have questions you want to research more. So there's a combination of things that you might do in your Bible time. It might be a combination of reading God's Word, meditating on it, memorizing it. That's one of those things that's super valuable. It might be reading some uh, something that someone else has said about it. So maybe you'd do that in the form of a sermon where you listen to a, a sermon or a, a teaching on a passage, or maybe you're reading a, a commentary or a book on a certain topic that you're interested in and studying. You know, I've read lots of different books over the years where there's a certain topic where I'm, I'm interested in, and I found someone that uh, wrote about it and wrote well about it, and they can continually point me back to God's Word. So to take that kind of book where the book continually points me back to God's Word, that can be a valuable part of my Bible time. I wouldn't want that to replace it or be the only thing that I have, but it certainly can be part of it. So as you evaluate what you're doing and how you're doing it, again, you come back to that question, how can I do better? What could I do to have a more profitable time in God's Word? Maybe you're not journaling now or don't have a notebook. So just having a notebook and pen and putting it to use might be super valuable to you. Uh, Maybe for you it's uh, to spend a little more time or to do a little better about going back and forth. Like some people really love to read in the Old Testament and they love certain kinds of writing in the Bible but they stay away from other kinds. Well, to be consistent and and try to read the whole Bible, have a plan to read through every year, every two years, every three years, but where you're on a plan and you're reading all of God's Word and thinking about it and making those notes on it. I think you'll find that valuable. So to think through, what can I do to do better with my Bible time? All right, let's go on to the next one, outreach. So we're invited to be on mission with Jesus I think that's pretty cool that God allows us to be part of what He's doing. So this ministry of reconciliation is worth the effort. Just a few things that I've come across recently said years years ago, you know, 50, 60 years ago, for every 15 church members in general, you would have one new person come to Christ every year. So 15 to 1 for that ratio. Recently, people have looked at this and said it's over 100 to 1. What that means is a church of 100 might only have one person come to Christ every year to year and a half. We are really struggling with this part of the equation as the church. Part of that is the move toward these larger churches where we have given so much ministry to the pastor, to paid staff, and the average church member doesn't feel responsible anymore. So that's part of it. We're not going to deal a whole lot with the whys, but we want to talk about the what. How are you evaluating your life as it relates to others, your outreach, your uh, time sharing, the good news? And it is good news. 
how do we evaluate that? Well, kind of like we've done with prayer and Bible study. How much time are we spending? So am I consistent? Am I, and some of this is consistent in preparation. How often do you take a tract yourself and read through it and be familiar with the concepts and learn maybe new ways to share the good news, uh, to learn a new um, way of sharing the gospel? I really, a year or two ago, came across what's called the three circles method of evangelism. I really, really like that. It's different than the Romans Road or some of these other ones. I found it a lot easier, particularly in a context like Japan or in our world, which is increasingly post-Christian. You don't, you can't assume that someone knows anything about the Bible or who Jesus is or that there is one God. So it, it makes it a little easier, in my mind, the way I use it, to to break into some of those conversations, to to bring this up. So to learn a new method uh, a new format for the gospel can be helpful. Do you take time to think through your testimony and how your testimony gives you an opportunity to share how great God is? Are you rehearsing that? Are you looking for opportunities to tell somebody that you follow Jesus? You know, there are lots of conversations we have where it would be not at all strange to bring up the fact that you read the Bible or that you pray or that you're part of a church family. Are we, are we prepared to do that? Are we intentional about it? Do we desire to do that? So again, when we evaluate it, are we preparing? Are we aware as we go out and we talk to people that that is one of our, our roles here as the church? It's not just to go through life and work and, uh, to live and then to die at the end. But we have a mission, and it's the mission of Jesus here. We have purpose in our life. Uh, our lives have meaning, and we can be intentional about being part of that and preparing for that. Uh, how often are we talking to other believers even about this? Are we inviting people into our life with the intention of encouraging them to be part of this mission? Are we inviting people into our life who we want to get to know, develop a friendship with, and desire to share with them who we are. You know, it's it's not really hard to share the gospel with a friend, somebody that you're getting to know. It's it's part of getting to know them. It's difficult. I think a lot of people struggle with with sharing the gospel with complete strangers. Totally understand that. There are people who are gifted and really good at that, and I think anyone anyone can learn to do it. But for most of us, we're going to do much better and be much more comfortable if we get to know someone. And as part of getting to know them, we share the gospel with them. We open our lives up and let them know what we're doing and how we're doing. So outreach, how can we do better? Be more intentional. Be prepared. Uh, be praying along these lines on a consistent basis. Okay, take a minute. Think, think through your life. <laughs> Grab a piece of paper maybe and make some notes of where you are and how you could do better. Maybe what you need to do is invite a friend to meet and discuss the details of what it means to be pursuing God in these three areas. Prayer life, Bible time, outreach. How are you doing? It's a, it's a good question to ask. Well, we're going to take a short break and then... I'm going to be back for the second part of our personal spiritual life evaluation, looking at discipleship of believers 
time management, exercise, and the catch-all as we look at all of our life, our personal spiritual growth.